Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Monday, February 1st, 2016. As always, broadcasting from the Beantown Athletics Studio in Dorchester, Massachusetts. Beantown Athletics, the only union screen printer in Boston. Go to BeantownAthletics.com right now. That's BeantownAthletics.com. Or give them a call at 617-282-4181. That's 617-282-4181. Beantown Athletics is also home of the best skate shopping in New England. So grab your skates, swing by the shop on Granite Ave in Dorchester. There is plenty of parking out back. And make sure you tell them. I sent you. So it is Super Bowl week in San Francisco, but I'm back here in Dorchester still in the Beantown Athletic Studio. We did not make it out to Super Bowl week. I think if the Patriots were going to go to this game, we were going to make an attempt. Now, we said the same thing last year at this time when the Patriots went to the Super Bowl, but it was a little different last year because we had just sort of relaunched this show in the new studio with the new equipment under a new name, sort of a rebrand, if you want to call it that, uh, with a new website. And we just, you know, we we relaunched it and rebranded it, what, the last week of January? So right during the AFC Championship, right after the AFC Championship, heading into Super Bowl week. Um, so we weren't really fully prepared to get up and make a move when we just launched the show in a brand new studio, at least now a year later, if the Patriots, if they had advanced, if they had went to Denver and won the AFC championship and they were going to go to San Francisco, I think the last week we probably would have been trying to at least or looking into making some serious plans to go to Super Bowl week. Uh, I, I know, you know, we definitely had some people we could talk to out there with regards to radio row and a spot on radio row because I've been trying to get this podcast out to Radio Row for a while, but obviously, as time goes on, there are other ways to go out there and get interviews where you don't necessarily need to be exactly on Radio Row, but bottom line is this. All you need to know is, I am not out at Super Bowl week. They're doing something different this year. Media Day is usually on Tuesday morning. This year... It's on Monday night. So media day is now media night and it's tonight and it's on NFL network as far as I know. So they're doing things a little bit differently when it comes to media day. It is now media night. It is Super Bowl week in San Francisco a year ago today on February 1st, one year ago, the New England Patriots won Super Bowl 49 I was not at the game. I was back here, as I just told you, in this studio. Also, one year ago, during that time in which the Patriots won Super Bowl 49, we had two feet of snow on the ground here in Boston. Two feet a year ago. Now, February 1st, 60 degrees and sunny in Boston today. Crazy. I mean, I'm. it's hot in the studio. I don't have to put on the heat here in the studio. It's... It, it feels like a summer day outside. It does. The sun's out, 60 degrees. You know, I drove here to Dorchester from Southie with my windows down in the car. Just, a, 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 I can't believe how warm it is. And I don't know if it's going to stay like this, but I'll tell you what, it was warm yesterday too. And you talk about things you're watching over the weekend because we did not have football. And for the first Monday in a long time, 
For the first Monday in a long, long time, I do not have a football game to break down. If you thought I was going to jump on this podcast today and recap the Pro Bowl, you're out of your mind. I didn't watch one second of the Pro Bowl. Didn't even, I don't even know what channel it was on. Honestly, I don't. Was it on ESPN? Was it on NFL Network? Was it on NBA? I don't know what channel it was on. I did watch the NHL All-Star Game because I was interested to see the format. So I watched that. I'll get into that a little bit today with the John Scott stuff. John Scott was named NHL All-Star MVP. And anybody who's upset with that, you know, take relax. All right? Take it easy. Calm down. Like Mike Milbury. It's probably has his panties in a bunch somewhere still over the fact that John Scott was even in this game. Never mind getting the MVP. But, um, so I'll react to that. I did watch uh, the NHL All-Star game and paid attention to the All-Star weekend stuff. But my point being, it's, it's nice, 60 degrees, sunny here in Boston. I told you on Friday's podcast, I was looking forward to watching some golf on TV this weekend. But yesterday, we had another gorgeous day here in Boston. I think it was like 50, 55 and sunny yesterday. So after I got out of work and I was working at WEI, I was on the air yesterday hosting NFL Sunday with Chris Price who is a Patriots reporter for WEI.com. We did a show, NFL Sunday. Uh, I filled in from 9 a.m. to 1 o'clock in the afternoon. When I got out of there, I said, all right, going to go home, watch some golf. Because when you watch golf in the wintertime, it's, it's a good feeling. It lets you know that the Masters is right around the corner, uh, that s- springtime is right there. You know, spring training is in a couple weeks. Pitches and catches report in just two and a half weeks. So it's it's good to, in the winter, it's good to watch some golf on TV. Unless it's nicer out in Boston than it is uh, the course that you're watching on TV. Because they're playing right now. As of this Monday, early afternoon, they are still playing. The Farmers Insurance Open, the final round, had a resume today because of some awful weather yesterday. So I'm literally watching the tournament. The final round of the Farmers Insurance Open. Brant Snedeker is in first place. At six under on the tournament after shooting a 69, his best uh, round of the weekend in the fourth round here. And they keep showing him he's on the range, he's on the green, he's keeping loose, he's practicing because it's going to come down to looks like KJ Choi, Jimmy Walker, Kevin Streelman. Uh, though Streelman's done at four under, so it won't come down to Streelman, but Choi, Walker, he has a chance. Uh, Freddie Jacobson, I guess you could say, has a chance. So you get a couple guys who could either win it outright or force a playoff. So Brent Snedeker is keeping loose. I'll keep an eye on that uh, if, if something crazy does happen in this tournament. As I am here recording this podcast, I will talk about it. But that's what I told you on Friday. I said, hey, I'm going to go watch some golf this weekend because, you know, you feel good uh, about yourself. You feel good that springtime's around the corner when you watch golf in the winter, and on TV at Torrey Pines, you know, you get some beautiful weather. Well, we actually had better weather in Boston yesterday than they did at Torrey Pines. And today, 60 degrees and sunny. I don't know that I necessarily have to be watching this golf tournament, but I'm interested to see who wins uh, because these tournaments will now just get more and more serious as the season goes on. But February 1st, again, a year ago today, the Patriots won Super Bowl 49. They are not in San Francisco to take on the Carolina Panthers. That will be the Denver Broncos. 
So Super Bowl week, I will preview the Super Bowl a little later on in the week. I mean, anything that comes out, storylines that may, you know, break on this game, and I don't know what is going to break this week, but whatever's said tonight, I'm going to watch media night. Anything interesting that goes down, I'll react to it tomorrow. But the spread is still what it was Friday and over the weekend. It's six points. Carolina still a six-point favorite in this game. And uh, whatever goes on down in San Fran, I will react from back here in back here in Boston to it. I, one of these years. We're going to make it out there one of these years to, to media week, to Super Bowl week on Radio Row. And I try to think all the time, like, who would you, who would you want to interview on Radio Row? Because there's just celebrities walking around. And if you're a celebrity that's walking around at Radio Row, I assume you have a purpose. And that purpose would be to make your media rounds because you're promoting a product. You're getting paid to promote a product, product, TV show, movie, um, you name it. Maybe you're a an athlete looking for work in the media and you want to sort of let your skills be known, anybody who's walking around Radio Row, they, you want to get interviewed by people. And I understand I'm not the biggest name that would be out there and not even close, but you know, if you've paid any attention to what I've done in this business and the aggressive approach that I've taken to get big-name guests, whether it's athletes, uh, GMs, coaches, you name it, front office type, uh, other national media members, top local media members. If you've paid attention to my aggressive approach, you should know that if I was out at Media Week and on Radio Row, I'd, I'd be doing everything that I could to get some pretty big-name guests on my show just to jump on with me, even if it was for five minutes to do something. I'm, I was, I've always tried to think, like, who would I want? Who would be my go-to? And since I don't know who's actually out there, it's tough to, it's tough to say um, but because you, again, it's not just athletes, right? Like, it's not like I, I'm, I was just on Twitter and I, I saw, you know, T.O.'s doing his rounds. Like, I'm, I don't need to interview Terrell Owens. He's somebody that always talks that you hear. Uh, he, he'll always be, be talking about some, something somewhere the rest of his life. So I, I don't know that that's really the go-to interview that I would want. Um, I, so I see. I, I at first, I would say, well, if there's anybody from the WWE out there, I'd love to do that. But would there be anybody from the WWE at Super Bowl week? Probably not. I mean, they're probably on tour. I mean, tonight, Monday Night Raw. So most of the big names in the WWE is they get ready for WrestleMania, which is the next pay per view that hate. Actually, it's not the next pay per view. They have Fast Lane, but it's the next big pay per view. It's the next major pay per view. So right now they're on the road to WrestleMania. So they're not going out to Super Bowl week. Um, I, I guess I would try to get away from the the. I would try to get away from football players. I wouldn't try to go out and you know former NFL players. Though Michael Irvin, he does a spot on WEI and he's great here in Boston. Uh, I think Irvin, if you watch him on NFL Network, I'd love to get would love to get Michael Irvin if I was out there. That's I guess that's one of the football names that I have, you know, on my list or on my radar if I was at Media Week. But right now, it's it's all just a dream. I'm not at Media Week. I'm not at Super Bowl Week, and I'm not on Radio Row. So we're back here in Boston, and we're also 
talking about a Super Bowl that the Patriots probably should still be in. Now, I was on the radio over the weekend, and and a lot of people called in. I was on Saturday night. I was on Sunday morning. And we did, you know, we did the whole venting process. And I had done the venting process on this podcast most of the week last week. And we we started to move forward. We started to move forward to 2016 and what the Patriots needed to do. But as as people call in and vent and they point out things that went wrong in that AFC championship, my my mindset does not change, and it certainly won't change when I get ready for the Super Bowl and, and watch the Super Bowl on Sunday. My mindset is this. The Patriots are going to be back with a very good shot to get to the Super Bowl next year. Now, where's the Super Bowl next year? Well, that's one of the first things I did the last couple days is I sort of sit here depressed that I can't go out or that I'm not going out to Super Bowl week. Next year, it's in Houston. Houston. Okay, next year's in Houston. The year after that's in Minnesota. The Vikings, who have been playing at uh, the college stadium this past year, they will be going into their new building, and in two years, so Super, this is Super Bowl 50. Next year's Super Bowl 51 in Houston. And do, while doing my research, I also did find out that they're going back to Roman numerals next year. How about that? They're going to, L, it's going to be L1. L1, Super Bowl L1, Super Bowl 51. But that's going to be in Houston. Then it's in Minnesota. Super Bowl 52 is in Minnesota. Uh, That could be a good time. Uh, But after that, Super Bowl 53, here are the places that that people will vote on. The finalists are Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia, uh, Miami, New Orleans, and Tampa Bay, and... The three spots that don't win that vote for Super Bowl 53, they will then go up against City of Champions Stadium in Englewood, California. I would like to go to Miami. I've never been to Miami. Never been to Miami. I'd like to go to Miami. That would be a wild Super Bowl in Miami, right? Patriots especially in Miami. If they could do that, uh, that would be crazy. So... That's, I'm hoping for a Miami Super Maybe that's the one. Maybe that's the one we'll target. Right? Super Bowl 51's in Houston. 52's in Minnesota. Could the Patriots still have a shot? Super Bowl 53? Yeah, I think they could. Might be one of their last shots, but I think they still will have a shot that year. Especially with the way the Patriots' defense looks and how young they are. And I do think they're going to make the proper steps to keep those guys around. Hightower, Collins, Malcolm Butler. The question will probably be with Chandler Jones. And what you do with him, that would probably be the one you question. But they might even find a way to fit him out of the cap as well. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be completely shocked if that's what they did and they were able to do that. But those are the guys that you need to keep around. And if you do that, you'll have a very good defense. And, uh, you know, Belichick will still be around. Brady will still be around. We'll have to see. I mean, father time does creep up on some people. I know, it's a scary thought. I'm not going to go there yet because I do think Brady is is still an elite quarterback. And he's going to be for a couple more years. But I'm talking about Miami. Could the Super Bowl in Miami, that's one I'd like to go to, just in general. Uh, Super Bowl 53. Not next year, not the year after that, not the year after that, the year after that. So this is 50, next year is 51, then 52, then 53. Could be Miami. We'll see. But I'd like to go to a Super Bowl in general in Miami, and it would be that much more special if the Patriots could be in that Super Bowl. But, uh... 
It's in San Fran this year. We'll keep an eye on all the storylines. Later in the week, I'll, I'll talk more about this game, specifically Denver, Carolina, who I think is going to win. I'll make my pick with the spread on Friday. You know, I will try to stick with the same schedule. I know all NFL season, I've been doing the Wednesday thing, previewing the upcoming weekend in the NFL on Wednesday, and then giving my pick with the spread on Friday. So we'll keep it consistent this week and do that. Uh, we'll get into some NBA stuff this week. Also, the NHL with their All-Star Weekend this past weekend. They get back to regular season games tomorrow night. On Tuesday, teams are now back together practicing today. So uh, it, it, it definitely becomes a much slower time of the year just for a brief period. Because before you know it, we're going to have March Madness. We're going to have the NCAA Tournament. And before you know it, I'm going to be in the Dominican. I'm going the Dominican that week, the first week of the NCAA tournament. So just when it starts to kick up again, you get spring training games, you get the NCAA tournament, uh, I'll be going away. But then it's the, right when I get back, we'll be talking about regular season baseball, baseball season predictions to go along with uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, NBA playoffs, the NFL draft. You know, it'll all be... It's all right around the corner. So right now, especially we get into a Super Bowl here in New England where the Patriots are not in it, um, it definitely becomes a slower time of the year, arguably the slowest time of the year, but I do not shy away from getting into any type of... Because look, February, what's it, the 18th? Is the 18th the NBA trade deadline? And then early March is the NHL trade deadline? So there still will be a lot of things to talk about because... And especially here locally with the Celtics. they I think they're going to try and make a major move. And with that, you know there's going to be rumors. You know there's going to be th- some stuff to talk about with the Celtics. So we'll keep an eye on that and all the other storylines. Oh, yeah. Uh, tonight, can't I can't forget to mention this is right before I, I get into some hockey. The bean pot tonight. The, the Do the bean pot. It's two Mondays in a row. Tonight are the initial Beanpot games in college hockey at the TD Garden, BC, BU, Harvard, Northeastern. And then next Monday night will be the championship Beanpot game. So the Beanpot, it's that type of year. It doesn't feel like it. 60 degrees and sunny here in Boston does not feel like it's the Beanpot time of year. People outside wearing shorts today, driving around with their windows down. But it is that time of year. It is uh, the Beanpot tonight. And then, obviously, next Monday night. But uh, All-Star Weekend over the weekend. That, that's what I'm going to go with right now because that's what I watched last night. That was the biggest story of the weekend in the world of sports, I think. And, you know, the, did I'd like to see the ratings, Pro Bowl ratings compared to NHL All-Star Game ratings. Again, I don't even know what channel the Pro Bowl was on. Didn't, didn't, didn't go near it. Didn't think of going near it. Don't care about it. The NHL All-Star Game, they did a little tournament. Three-on-three tournament. They gave you four teams. Uh, They took one All-Star team from each of the four divisions in the NHL. And they put the first two teams against each other in a a 20-minute game, which essentially is the first period. Then what essentially should be the second period, they put the other two teams in a 20-minute game, three-on-three. And then the third period was a 20-minute championship game between the winners of the first two games, essentially the first two periods. And the team that won, this, the Pacific Division in the Western Conference, 
was a team that had a guy by the name of John Scott. Now, if you don't know the John Scott story, then you either don't care about hockey, you have not been paying attention uh, to, to the world of hockey and the all-star voting, which, which isn't, I don't think it's crazy if you haven't really paid much attention to that. But if, if you haven't, then you also haven't been listening to this podcast. I, I do care if you're listening to this podcast. Um, so <laughs> I have talked about it, but to those who might have skipped a week, last week's podcast, let me get you caught up on that. John Scott is an enforcer. He is not someone that, that is in the NHL because of his skill. And basically the fans vote for the NHL, the fans vote and for the All-Stars, and they voted John Scott to be a captain. And at first, John Scott said, you know what, don't do this. There are other guys that deserve to be in this game. There are other guys on my team and around the league that deserve to be in this game. I'm not an All-Star, please. He acknowledges it. John Scott knows what he is. He knows his role. Everybody knows his role. Anybody who follows the NHL, fans, media, other players, coaches, Everybody knows what John Scott is. He's an enforcer. He's a a, a goon. That's what he is. He fights, and that's it. He's a big dude. He's one of the bigger guys on the ice. He doesn't have much skill. He's, He's not a good skater. He's only in to enforce, to protect his star players, to step up against other fighters around the league, and it's something that the league has been trying to get rid of. They've been trying to weed it out of the game. They've been trying to get rid of the enforcers. They have. And, and you know what? Look, I don't agree with it, but the NHL, if that's their goal, they've done a nice job trying to, um, you know, take that goal and be successful with it and reach that goal. They've done a nice job. They've eliminated some of the enforcers. They have not eliminated John Scott yet. It's close. We're getting there. We might be there. I mean, you know what? We might be there right now because, and this leads me, to how this story and and why this weekend was so special, how this story comes about. John Scott, who was voted in by the fans as a captain, okay? Um, At first, he said, guys, don't vote for me. Don't do it, please. Then when the vote went in and he was there, the NHL, in an attempt to, to get him to back out of this game, they had the Coyotes and the Montreal Canadiens and by the way, the Coyotes, if the playoffs began today or this weekend during the break, Coyotes are in the playoffs. So John Scott's role was important. That was a team. They were the un- they were underdogs. They were playing as underdogs. You know, he was the enforcer protecting a lot of those skill guys on that team, kids on that team. Um, so the Coyotes having a good season, the Arizona Coyotes. And basically the NHL stepped in. They said, you got to trade John Scott. Trade him to the Canadians. Here's a trade. And Montreal, send him down to the minus. So you trade him to the opposite conference, okay? And which essentially takes you out of the All-Star game anyways because the other conference has all, all their All-Stars picked and their rosters filled. But they went, they went a little bit extra with it. They not only had him traded to the other conference, they had Montreal send him down to the minor leagues. Montreal basically has no need for him. Uh, no use for him. They sent him down to the minors. And what does that do? Moves him to another conference and also moves him out of the league, 
which then is like, okay, how can you be an NHL all-star for the Pacific Division when, one, you're no longer in that division, two, you're not even in that conference anymore, three, you're not even in the NHL anymore. We got your ass up out of the fucking NHL. How are you going to be in our all-star game if you're not in the league? And the so basically... The National Hockey League, they've tried to act like these big, tough guys. They're essentially acting like the mafia, for crying out loud. And it's a complete joke because it's an all-star game, one. Two, it's it's a rule that they put in place, fan voting. Don't be mad at the player. Don't try to change, you know, the, the rosters. Change the rule if you want after this year. Change the rule. That's what they need to do. And instead of focusing on that, they focused on the player. We don't want him in the game. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do to take him out of that game. And there was an uproar. You know, people were upset about this. Because, again, the fans are upset. They fucking voted him in. All right? With that said, we then find out via the Players' Tribune, which is what all these professional athletes are using to get their word out, to, you know, write these stories. Uh, John Scott had a piece in the Players' Tribune the other day that went into detail to some of the conversations that he had with people around the league who were trying to get him out of this All-Star game, right? And one of the things that he said, he wouldn't give details as to what he talked about with his GM in Arizona when his GM came into the room one day and said, hey, John, come out. I got to talk to you for a minute. And he told him he was traded. Uh, I didn't know, and and man, I don't know if the team knew. I don't know if the league knew that John Scott's wife is nine months pregnant, and they already have two kids, but but his wife's nine months pregnant. I mean, they're going to pull this shit, especially with that, knowing that, or at least with that going on, maybe they didn't know, uh, makes it even more of a joke. And, and the NHL should be even more embarrassed haven't done that under those circumstances. So he didn't, John Scott didn't go into extreme detail as to what the Coyotes GM and what that, what he was told and and what that conversation was like. But John Scott did go into what some of the, some of the people in the NHL said to him. And one thing that someone in the NHL, an anonymous person said to him was, would your kids be proud of you playing in this game? How you got in? And, you know, that's what, in John Scott's mind, and it's what he writes in the Players' Tribune piece, in his mind, that's where this whole thing crossed the line. When they start asking about if his kids and his family would be proud of him because of this. And so the point of John Scott's story was, you know what? Yes, I I think they would be proud because John Scott points out in this piece that while he is a goon, while he is an enforcer, and he knows he has no business in the NHL All-Star game, He also knows that he worked his ass off just to get in the National Hockey League. And he thinks that his his family should be proud of him for that. Which which they are, I'm sure they are, and they will be, and they should be proud of him for that. But what upset him was the way the league tried to convince him to get out of the game, bow out of the game by saying, "Would would your family be proud of you to play in this game? And according to his piece in the Players' Tribune, that's when John Scott said, you know what? Fuck that. I am, my kids are proud of me. 
and they should be proud of me, and other people should be proud of me because I'm not just some guy that's playing in the NHL. I'm some guy that worked my ass off since the age of three to learn to skate every day to get into the NHL, and I'm proud of where I've taken my career. So, and the fans want me in? Guess what? I'm playing in this game. And the league said, finally, with all the uproar, they, they let him play, even though he's technically no longer in the National Hockey League. And because of the Players' Tribune story, and I think because of that quote that John Scott gave from an anonymous NHL person in which they asked him if his kids would be proud, I, I think we all decided to get John Scott's back on this, right? That's when we all jumped on board the, Scott, the John Scott train, right? That's, a, that's when we did this. And uh, when we jump on board the John Scott train, we, at least I never expected him to be named NHL All-Star Weekend, All-Star Game MVP. But that's what it is. John Scott was named the All-Star Game MVP. And he had to take a picture with Gary Bettman and a big old check for a million dollars that goes to, to the rest of the team, and it, it really was just this big fuck you to the NHL. And uh, the fact that the NHL went to, to these lengths to try to keep John Scott out of this game was a complete joke. So yesterday when I watched in this All-Star game and this All-Star weekend, I loved every second of it. I loved it all. I loved all of it. I thought it was great. I mean, you know, Mike Milbury's got his panties in a bunch over it. Like, he's all upset that John Scott's even in this game. Now oh, he's the MVP during an admission. He didn't like it. He kept moving on. Jeremy Roenick was upset with it as well. He even said to John Scott, he, I'll give Jeremy Roenick credit. Uh, he even said to John Scott on the bench with the microphone afterwards, he said, John, I've been, uh, you know, I've been critical of you playing in this game, but I got to say, it, it has been a tremendous story. And, uh, you know, you've done a nice job here. Yeah, you know how I feel about JR. I mean... If you've been paying any attention to this show and my career, Jeremy Roenick wouldn't come on my show, which had agreed to come on my show twice and then no showed. Uh, now he's got his own fucking podcast. JR's got a podcast. Um, at least his co host on it, Billy Jaffe, came in studio with me, right? It, Jeremy Roenick wouldn't come on. Even when he said twice he would come on, he didn't come on once. We were waiting for him to call in. Um, this was a couple of years ago. So it's like, all right, I promoted. He's supposed to come on. He tweeted, doesn't jump on. He actually tweeted me saying, uh, I, I, what did he, what was his excuse? Did he say over, did he say he was sleeping? I forget what his excuse was, but, uh, or he just forgot. I don't know what his, he had an excuse. He tweeted it to me and then he deleted that tweet a couple hours later and we we had agreed for him to come on a, a second day. He didn't do that either. And then his PR director contact, contacted me via email and told me that Ronick decided to back out of the interview with me twice because he had heard from someone else in the media, which, by the way, I have yet to find out who this was. I don't know who it is. I don't know who it was. It's someone in the media. I can't wait to find out. Because it might be a fight. Not with me and JR. JR would punch my fucking head in. Okay? Obviously. Like, I'm obviously not fighting Jeremy Roenick. But someone in the media told him or his people 
that I like to call, get people on and call people out? Like, like Jeremy Roenick and his people think that he's the first athlete that was ever on my show. Get your fucking head out of your ass, all right? You, you weren't even close to being the first athlete on this show, on this podcast, and you certainly weren't going to be the last, okay? Uh, and it's not like I'm even begging. I wasn't even fucking begging for Jeremy Roenick to be on the show. I wanted him on because he's an entertaining dude, and he used to play in the NHL, and I think it was at a point in time in which he worked for, he worked for NBC, and the Bruins were making another run. I think it was 2013 during the playoffs when they made the cup final again that year and lost to Chicago. I wanted Ronick on. We had him on. We, he agreed to it. He tweeted me an apology after the first time, saying some excuse. Then we scheduled the second one. He didn't show up for that either. It was only a phone call. It wasn't even in studio. And his people were like, oh, you call people. We heard that you call people out. Like, what the fuck was I going to call Jeremy Ronick out for? I don't know anything about the guy other than that he played in the NHL. And now that he obviously didn't want John Scott in the All-Star game, but he, you know what, I give him credit. He did, at least he said to John Scott, he said, look, hey, I, I didn't agree with you playing in this game, but I got to say, it's been a nice weekend for you. Tell me about it. I mean, you know, it's, it's good for JR for, for, for saying that, having the balls to say that. So, I mean, I'm giving him credit there, but you know. I, I guess I never really will feel the same way about Ronick after all that shit went down on this show a couple of years ago. I never heard anything from him. Uh, his people told me someone in the media said was bad-mouthing me, saying, don't go on his show. Like, if you listen to this, you know my guest list over the years. Um, I mean, I had, I had John Quick on this show in between games one and two of the Stanley Cup final a couple of years ago. Like three, four years ago. I was doing the show for my living room coach. I had Quickie call in in the morning. John Quick went on two shows during that Stanley Cup final. You know what they were? Jay Leno and my podcast, which at the time was called I'm Just Saying. In fact, the video is up. You can go to my YouTube page. It's there. YouTube.com slash Danny Picard. Uh, I had Quick on my show. So, if, and, and I mean, during the Cup final. Like, am I, am I sitting there, like, calling people out, saying stupid shit? No. We had a good conversation. It was entertaining. I thought Rona could be an entertaining conversation, too. But apparently, he's scared of something. I don't know what he... We got to find out what he was scared of. I still don't know. In fact, you know what? I don't even need to find that out. You know what I need to find out? I need to find out who told Ronick to not come on the show. I don't even need Ronick. I don't want Ronick. I don't give a shit about that. I give a shit about the person who was bad-mouthing me that, that told him to not come on. And it's obviously someone that, uh, it's obviously somebody pretty big. Oh, why would, why would Ronick listen to him? If it was just some Joe Schmo reporter that didn't like me, and I'm, I'm sure there's a couple of them, <laughs> right? Uh, why would he listen to them if they weren't a big name? So I don't know. I don't know who told him that. I don't know why they told him that. But I, I think the PR guy. His PR guy told me, like, in an email, like, oh, don't worry, one day, I think he said, one day we'll have a beer, and we'll talk, we'll joke about it. <laughs> no, put it, listen, we're never going to have a fucking beer, one. Two, uh, we're never going to joke about it, even without the beer, because it's not funny, okay? Twice, no, sh- no show twice, now, you got, now he's got a podcast. Wouldn't come on a podcast, now he's got one. That's, that's hilarious, too. Because three, four years ago, sometimes people's excuse to not come on a show, you know what it would be? Like PR directors and media relations. You know what they would say? 
a lot of the time, they would say, oh, we don't do podcasts. We are only radio, only TV. We don't do podcasts. Like that's, they looked at podcasting as like amateur hour. And now you see all these pros and all these big names and all these former athletes and celebrities. They all got podcasts. Now they all got podcasts. Now they're all joining the podcast game. And I'm sitting back here going, I mean, three years ago, your excuse to not come on a podcast was that it was a fucking podcast. And now you got your own podcast? Now you got your own? I mean, it's just funny how it works. Funny how this business works. You know what it all this is just I, I know. I sound bitter that I'm not at it's all it's all about me not being at Super Bowl Media Week. I am kind of bitter about that. I'm sorry. I just am. I'm so it's I'm salty about it today. It's a Monday. I should be in a good mood because beautiful weather. But I'm not. Patriots are not getting ready for the Super Bowl. I'm still upset about it. I had to do radio all weekend and we had a vent and we had to complain about how the Patriots aren't in it. And now we got to do a week, a tonight media night, and I can't be there. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm bitter because I'm not out at media week. And we, we can't just go around talking all the, the big names. I bet you Jay Oz doing his, is he, you think he's doing? Oh, no, NHL resumes tomorrow night. They got rivalry night at NBC Sports Network Wednesday. I'm sure Ronick's probably doing something there. But anyways, sorry for the tangent. Ronick was talking to John Scott. Uh, and, and on the bench, and, but Ronick was one of the people that said, "Hey, he, I don't want. I don't think John Scott should be in this game, along with someone like Milbury." I think these people just need to relax, take it easy. Uh, obviously, the players in the game. Obviously, I mean, you saw them. They went over to him after they put him on, on their shoulders. They lifted him up off the ground, like he was the king of the world. He's a fucking goon. They're lifting him up. And it doesn't really piss me off. Like, it pisses, it just pisses some people off. And I don't really know why. I, I honestly don't know why. It's an all-star game. It's an all-star game. They scored a couple goals. A couple big ones in the first game. And they gave him the MVP. Right? But people embrace it. I get it. He's, he's done some questionable things in the league. He's had some questionable hits. He's, he's an enforcer. He's, he's not a good hockey player. At least in the NHL, he's not. But I, to his point, in the Players' Tribune, he isn't. He was an NHL player. I can't say is anymore because he's in the minor leagues. I don't know. Now, I do wonder this. I, I do wonder, at any point, if the Montreal Canadiens feel like they're getting pushed around, things aren't going their way. You know, you look at the standings right now, and if the playoffs began today, here, as we're still in the all-star break, kind of games in the regular season resume tomorrow night. If the playoffs began today, the Canadiens are on the outside looking in. They're three points out of a wild card spot, but they got, you know, they're tied with Ottawa. They got Carolina, New Jersey, Pittsburgh, and the Bruins ahead of them, all in the wild card hunt. And I don't know if Montreal feels like, you know, if they win some games when they get back, heading into the break, the Canadiens 2-7-1. and one in their last 10. If they can turn that around and go on maybe a 7-2-1 and one, uh, run, right? Winning 7 out of 10 uh, I, in, in, and, you know, only losing 2 in regulation out of 10 in the next 10 and they get themselves back in a playoff spot, 
at some point, maybe if, you know, they feel like they're being pushed around a little too much and they need some. I'm curious to see if they actually do call up John Scott. I, 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 I'm interested in that. I, I don't know. You know, again, nobody's going to call up John Scott because they need goals, but they might call him up if they think they need some, there's some protection for some of their star players. They think they're getting pushed around. I, I honestly don't know. I'm going to be curious to see how that plays out. But as of right now, John Scott, not in the NHL, not an NHL player, but he was the NHL All-Star Game MVP. And because he's not really an All-Star, that pisses some people off. I not I don't get too worked up about it. Do am I the biggest John Scott fan? No. Of course not. Of course I'm not the biggest John Scott fan. But you know, I'm I'm not gonna get my panties in a bunch over something that is just kind of a meaningless argument. And I I heard some people saying, well, that's why the NHL what happened last night is why the NHL isn't a isn't one of the top major sports. I mean, first of all, it's one of the four major sports that we have. Okay? Baseball Hockey, basketball, football, not in that order, obviously. But anybody who wants to use All-Star Weekend and try to use it to compare sports and the popularity of the sports, I mean, all you need to do is look at the fucking Pro Bowl. That thing's a joke. Who watched the Pro Bowl? Anybody? If you watch the Pro Bowl, and I'm not saying you have to watch the NHL All-Star game. You didn't. And if you didn't watch it, well, I think you missed out on an entertaining couple hours. But if you didn't, I'm not going to knock you for it. But if you did and you don't agree with an enforcer getting the all-star MVP, a guy you shouldn't have been in the game, you know, I, I, I don't think that you should be taking that out on the sport or taking that out on fans of the sport or people who enjoyed that game. Relax. Because if you're going to knock the NHL for their all-star weekend and then in any way, shape, or form try to defend the NFL... You're not looking at your own sports all-star game because it sucks. The Pro Bowl is terrible. They shouldn't even have it. They shouldn't even have it. Yet they do. And they keep forcing the Pro Bowl onto us. But not uh, they won't force it on me. I, I'm not watching it. It's terrible. It's awful. Look at the quarterbacks in the Pro Bowl. You had really one all-star quarterback, Russell Wilson. Teddy Bridgewater, not an all-star. Not. Jameis Winston, not an all-star. Derek Carr. Could one day be an all-star? Not this year. Eli Manning? I mean, I know he had a career high in regular season TD passes, I think, with 35. But if you watch the Giants and you watched Eli, did you think all-star season for him? No. If anyone, the all-star in the Giants is the guy who was catching some of those balls, Odell Beckham Jr. That's it. But, I mean, the quarterbacks in this game, it was, it was embarrassing. It's embarrassing, some of the quarterbacks they had in this one. So... Uh, that you want to talk about an embarrassing weekend for your sport? It's the Pro Bowl, not the NHL. You know, the players did was, they basically told the league to go fuck themselves. And they embraced, you mean to tell me, and, and I heard someone say, well, other players, other All-Stars are probably pissed. Oh yeah, real pissed. Patrick Kane, one of the best players in the world. I think I heard Zolak say that this morning. Like, oh, other All-Stars, are, they must be pissed that John Scott was in the game. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, real pissed. See, Patrick Kane? Patrick Kane scores a goal and then drops the gloves with John Scott in a playful manner, and they were joking around. One of the best players in the world does this. Oh, yeah, he looked real upset that John Scott was in that game getting the MVP. Really? You think they care? Come on. Come on. 
anybody who gets upset about this is just taking it way too seriously. Relax. It's an all-star game. I get it. John Scott's not an all-star. But don't, you know what? Change the system. Change the voting. Change the voting. You know? They, they have the, the league vote, and the league says John Scott's an all-star, puts him in the game. You know, be upset with it then. Be upset with the league then and say, man, how do they vote him in the game? The league. Well, the fans did. What, you going to come out today and knock the fans? I don't know. I thought the fans, in, in, now in hindsight, and, and not to say that I was upset with it before, I wasn't. Uh, but but if if you didn't agree with it and you watched the All-Star Weekend, how do you not admit that was, I mean, you're going to say that wasn't entertaining? Of course it was entertaining. What were you watching? Man, and to think that other players were upset with it, it's just, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're watching. You know, you weren't watching the same thing I was watching because I saw other players embracing it, loving it, giving them ovations. The fans in Nashville loved it. What's your beef with what happened this weekend in Nashville? If you have one, you you got you got an internal beef that you're going to have to deal with somehow, some way. I don't know. Figure it out. But um, I thought it was great. I, I thought it was a, a great weekend. And uh, obviously the league probably didn't like it, but... It's funny the way it works, right? It's funny the way it works. The league, they try to get him out of the game. And in fact, by trying to get him out of the game, maybe created more attention, created the Players' Tribune thing, created, you know, this idea that now more people, more fans were going to jump on board with the John Scott train and uh, created a lot of people like myself who were, who were rooting for him this weekend. Rather than do what we usually do with John Scott, which is if he's not in our team, wishing he wasn't on the ice because he is a goon. But... That, that, that's probably it for him, right? I mean, again, I'm, I'll be curious to see at any point what the Canadians do. I, I think if I'm John Scott, you know, I think if I'm John Scott, I'm probably, I'm probably trying to get back in Arizona. Because the Coyotes, were the Coyotes going to send him? Were the Coyotes about, and I don't really know this because I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily paying attention to the Coyotes. I know they were having a good season a surprisingly good season, and they when I look at the standings, they were in some type of playoff race. But someone will have to correct me if I'm wrong. Were the Coyotes, were they about to send John Scott to the minors? I don't think so, right? I think they were pretty comfortable with him on the team, being a part of that group. They were comfortable with that. They were in a playoff race. They weren't sending him down to the minors. Montreal does. All this stuff that happened, I wonder, you know, if the Canadians say... We're not going to use John Scott. Does John Scott have a beef to the league and say, listen, if if I, if I we can prove, if my party, my lawyers can prove that you jumped in on this trade uh, as a way to just get me out of the All-Star game and the teams didn't want to do it, then can can we make go back in time? Can you put me back in the Arizona? Like, can the Coyotes get him back? Can they make them happen? I I don't know. I honestly don't know, but if it doesn't happen, we yesterday, this weekend, what we saw might have been that might have been it for John Scott. Now he's, he'll he'll do some time in the minor leagues, but it won't be the same. And uh, not to say he won't enjoy it, but if you know that the NHL is especially there doing a good job weeding those guys, and I'm not saying good job because I want it, I'm saying good job because that's the NHL's goal. 
And if that's their goal, trying to get to their goal, they're doing a good job trying to reach it because they are weeding these guys out. You see that on top of them really having a personal vendetta against you because of this All-Star stuff, and you might have no shot on any team in any organization. I mean, they might come down and tell the Canadians, don't call him up. They might go down on other teams this offseason and say, nobody even sign him. He's out. You know, you know that that this could that could have been it for John Scott this weekend, which makes it, you know, which makes me, I think, root for him even more, to be honest. That's it? All right. Career's done. It's a bittersweet ending. Probably not an ending that he could have ever written. Anybody could have written. That's for sure. But I enjoyed what I saw in Nashville for All-Star Weekend. Uh, what else did we get this weekend? We got, oh, b- big fight Saturday night. I did not get to talk about it on WEI at all yesterday when I was on because we just did football. Uh, but you know that I have been saying this for a while. I need to see the fight that I need to see, and I think is the fight that everybody should be begging for, is not Sergey Kovalev and Andre Ward in the light heavyweight division. Instead, the fight we need to see is Sergey Kovalev and Adonis Stevenson. Now, Adonis Stevenson has a title. I believe just one. Sergey Kovalev, he has all the other titles in the light heavyweight division. But Adonis Stevenson, even though Kovalev is the guy that's knocking everybody out, Kovalev fought John Pascal in a rematch. Kovalev knocked him out, what, a little less than a year ago? I think that was in Montreal too, right? Yeah, I I think it was. I think that was in Montreal. But um, Kovalev knocked him out. People say it was questionable because the ref jumped in and stopped the fight. But come on, if you watch that fight, you know, Pascal, he couldn't, he wasn't even able to protect himself. Uh, You had to stop that fight. I can remember that. And then this weekend, they fought again in Montreal and Kovalev knocked him out again. Pascal had a new trainer and his new trainer was a very famous trainer, Freddie Roach. Freddie Roach was in an awfully tough spot because Pascal was getting punished. He was getting beat up. And I think Kovalev, see, there was a little, there was something personal going into this fight because going in, Pascal had called Kovalev a racist. And Kovalev didn't like it. And they said this was not just a rematch. This was personal. This was not just a championship fight. This was a personal fight. And Kovalev took it that way. And Kovalev, you know, you could tell. he. I think he could have knocked Pascal out. And... and Right from the get-go, first round, Kovalev hit Pascal with a jab. Pascal fell to the mat. And the announcers were saying, oh, he slipped. No, he didn't slip. That was no slip. That was a clean punch to the face, jab, knocked him down. That's Kovalev's power, right? The crusher. Uh, That's how strong he is. He's a knockout puncher, okay? And he knocked him to the mat. Kovalev was punishing Pascal the entire fight. Kovalev could have knocked him out in the fourth round, maybe even the fifth. And I think he chose not to. I think he chose because he had him against the ropes at times. I think he chose not to attack. Now, there there was maybe a part of that that thought, okay, Pascal, even when sometimes it seems like he's down and out, he can just come up and be a wild man and start to go go for the knockout blow. And maybe you're hesitant of that if you're Kovalev. But 
I think Kovalev could have knocked him out. I think he chose not to. I think he chose to just punish him and continue to hurt him. He broke his nose early. He just wanted to con continue to hurt him and not knock him out for the whole fight. And it was going to keep going on and on. To one point, I think it was after the sixth round, Freddie Roach in his corner is mic'd up. He goes, uh, I, John, I got to stop this fight. Uh, you got to show me some. I'm going to stop this fight. And, and Pascal said, no, 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 no. I'm going to go one more round. Let me go one more. And Freddie Roach said, you know what? All right, I'll let you go one more. I'll let you go one more round. But if you don't show me anything in this round that you can defend yourself and have a chance to win this fight, I'm going to tell him to stop it. Well, Pascal went out, and he had, he had a better tactical round than he had the last three or four rounds, but he still couldn't protect himself. You know, it looked like maybe he started boxing again, but Kovalev kept hurting him, and uh, Freddie Roach had no choice. He said, I got to stop the fight. Told the ref after the seventh round, it's over. Uh, awfully tough spot for Freddie Roach to be in. His first fight as the new trainer of Pascal. And uh, so for the second straight time, Kovalev defeats Pascal. And Kovalev this time with the TKO after the seventh round. And after the fight, you know, they were asking... Because before the fight, they were talking to Andre Ward. And Andre Ward basically hinted that his... That, that the Kovalev-Andre Ward fight could be coming up soon. And perhaps that would be the next fight for Kovalev. But if you watch this division like I do, I've been saying this for a long time. The fight I need to see is not Kovalev-Ward. Would that be a good fight? Yes, I think it'd be a good fight. But it's not the fight that I'm sitting there begging for. I'm sitting there begging for the, the light heavyweight titles to be unified. So when Kellerman gets in the ring on HBO on Saturday night after Kovalev beats uh, Pascal again, Kovalev was upset. Kovalev said, I have no respect for Pascal. You know, I punished him. I wanted to punish him. And then Ke Max Kellerman says, talks about upcoming fights, as he usually does. And I think he brought up Andre Ward. And Kovalev said, no, no, no. I want to unify the belts. And instead of calling him Adonis Stevenson, he called him Adonis Chickenson. <laughs> because it's been, I mean, it it's very well known. Stevenson has kind of been ducking this fight with Kovalev, right? Stevenson is the lineal champ which means he's the man who beat the man. Even though he has less belts, Kovalev has most of the belts. Stevenson is the lineal champ. He's still considered the top dog in that light heavyweight division. Kovalev wants Stevenson. Wanted him for a while. I've wanted to see this fight for a while. A lot of people have wanted to see this fight for a while. Stevenson's been ducking it. When he called out Stevenson after that fight, Stevenson, who was sitting ringside, gets in the ring and tries to go after Kovalev. And... I don't know if that means Stevenson's ready to go because it's one thing to get into the ring post-fight where you know everybody is going to, nobody's going to let you get at Kovalev. You know people are going to, that's like one of those hold me back, hold me back moments you see in Major League Baseball all the time when you see benches clearing brawls. We call them brawls to anything but because guys only get crazy when somebody steps in front of them and they know someone's going to, you know, prevent an actual fight from occurring. I don't know if if Stevenson knew that, and he was just doing that to, for ratings and, and made it look like publicly he wanted to fight, even though privately he's still, he's still ducking it, or if he actually wants to fight. I don't know. We have to wait and see. I do know one thing. I know I want to see that fight. 
And if you're a boxing fan, you should want to see that fight too. Unify those belts. They need to make that happen. Saturday night was maybe a hint that we could actually see it where I had kind of ruled it out. Like I, Because they kept talking about Andre Ward versus Kovalev. I'm going, that would be a good fight, but that's not the one I want to see. I want Kovalev to have a chance to knock out Stevenson to get all the belts, right? So I want him to unify those titles. We'll see if they do. But that's what happened Saturday night. Kovalev, another another win, and uh, he's that good. He's we throw around these names in the in the fighting world, and I, I, I for some reason, for some reason, Sergey Kovalev has just not. He just has not got the national uh, uh, national media in the U.S. has not he hasn't gotten the national media attention that I feel like he deserves, based on what he's been doing. He's been running through the division, knocking people out left and right. I mean, guys, he's been knocking people out who are knockout artists, right? Who have knockout power, Pascal, uh, David Lemieux. Before then, I mean. He, he's clearly the best in the division, yet is not the lineal champ, is trying to become the lineal champ, and the lineal champ won't fight him. So, uh, they need to figure that out. Hopefully that is, hopefully that's the next fight that we see. But all this talk about Andre Ward uh, leads me to believe that's probably the fight that they, and again, if Stevenson came out today, and said, I'm going to fight Kovalev. Let's say Kovalev had to give a certain amount of money to surpass someone like Ward and get to Stevenson, even though that would be ridiculous. But you know how it is with, you know, the, the what automatic challenges and boxing, what, mandatory challenges. It gets crazy when you have to pay fees to not fight someone to fight somebody else. When you're the best in a division, even though you're not the lineal champ, Kovalev's still the best in the light heavyweight division. If they can make this fight happen, Stevenson Kovalev, the sooner the better. They should do it. But uh, there you go. That, that's what we had this weekend in the boxing world. So um, this week, Super Bowl week, we'll keep an eye on the Super Bowl storylines. Keep an eye on – I'll keep an eye on the NHL. Again, regular season resumes tomorrow on the NBA. We're not, NBA, we're not at NBA All-Star weekend yet. That's in a couple weeks. So NBA regular season is still going on. Tonight, Cavaliers in Indiana. Uh, The Cavaliers are saying they had a team players-only meeting, a lengthy players-only meeting after they fired David Blatt. Whatever. The Cavaliers are going to be playing till the end anyways. They're that good. Players-only meetings or not, they have the talent. It's a league in which talent wins. Cavaliers in Indy tonight, Indiana. Uh, The Pistons in Brooklyn. The Mavericks in Atlanta, the Grizzlies in New Orleans, the Wizards in Oklahoma City, Orlando in San Antonio, the Spurs trying to remain undefeated at home, which they probably will. Orlando beat the Celtics last night, uh, but the Spurs, they host the Magic now, and the Spurs 25-0 at home. Something's telling me they'll be 26-0 after this one at home. The Raptors in Denver against the Nuggets. The Bulls in Utah against the Jazz. And the Bucks in Sacramento against the Kings. We get closer to the NBA trade deadline. We'll keep an eye on all the storylines. So Sacramento, it looks like with DeMarcus Cousins, maybe they dodged a bullet. Just a sprained ankle, I think they're saying. Just a sprain, we'll see. 
I mean, that could still be a bad injury, but I think the way some people initially reacted to DeMarcus Cousins' injury might have seemed like more than just that, and they might have dodged a bullet. And not just the Kings, but maybe a team that would be trying to trade for DeMarcus Cousins. And you know, I'd like, I'd love to see the Celtics go out and, and try and make a major blockbuster trade to acquire DeMarcus Cousins. But we'll see what happens with that. Um, final thought here as I close out the show, and it is WWE-related, but it, it it's uh, on a serious note. I know a lot of the WWE stuff we do is not too serious. This one is Brett the Hitman Hot, who is a legend, who is a Hall of Famer, who goes by the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Brett the Hitman Hot announced today he is battling prostate cancer. So uh, as an old school diehard WWE fan, WWF fan, that's what it was back in the day. Brett the Hitman Hot was a major part of my childhood as a fan. So uh, we wish him nothing but the best thoughts and prayers to Brett the Hitman Hot. Again, the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. If there's anyone who can beat this, uh, Brett the Hitman Hot. Uh, certainly we hope he will be able to. So um, thoughts and prayers to him and wish him nothing but the best. I'm here five days a week, dannypicard.com. You can also subscribe on iTunes. If you don't have an iPhone or an iPad, get this show on the Stitcher app. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, all forms of social media. I'll try to be a little bit more happy tomorrow. Uh, I'll watch... Media night tonight, react to it on tomorrow's podcast, and I will take in anything crazy that happens in the NBA tonight. We'll talk about that as well, and we get set for the NHL regular season to get back on track after All-Star Weekend. Again, I'm here five days a week. Make sure you go to BeantownAthletics.com right now. I mentioned they are the only union screen printer in Boston That doesn't mean you need to be a union to get something done or customized, whether it's screen printing or embroidery. Beantown Athletics is the place for you. And with the weather warm here in Boston today, 60 degrees, it does give you that springtime feeling. And you know what's in the spring. That's right, your local softball leagues. You need uniforms, get your money from your sponsors. You do one thing with it. You bring it to Beantown Athletics. You call them, you email them, you go to the website, They can come up with a uniform, a design customized for you. Don't just play good, look good at the same time. Do it with Beantown Athletics. I'm out. Talk to you tomorrow.